God bless you and good morning. We battled it out this morning, we drove, and we're here. And we made a choice to come and, and worship the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? See if we can get this on. There we go. Um, this first one's a little bit small, so just hang in there with me. And I'll, I'll read it, and we'll, we'll just kind of get this started. I wanted to read this quote um, as we continue on our study of, of uh, Cain and Abel, because really the whole story of uh, what happened in, in Genesis is a story about choice, and uh, this this might be kind of just something to set the set the tone for this little Sunday school lesson this morning. Um, Brother Branham in Thy Loving Kindness was he was he was having an altar call and he asked everybody to raise their hands if they wanted to give their life to the Lord and then. Then he asked them, you know, those that raise your hands, come on up to the front. Come on up. And he was surprised as he was preaching that a lot of people that raised their hands wouldn't come up. So he was he began to talk to them like, hey, like, I'm, I, are you really sincere about it? Do you, you know, you raised your hands, but then you don't want to come up. You don't want to make a move. And let's let's see what he said. Now, he said, I want you people to look here. I want you ministers. Can you see what tear, tears the heart of a preacher? Can you see what tears the Holy Spirit when people will raise their hands that they'll do that and then will sit there and won't move? What's left to, but judgment? You'll cry someday when I'm gone. You remember that I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. You'll long to hear these things and will never hear them. Come on, come on now. I invite you in Christ's name. Was you ashamed you raised your hand? then you wouldn't make a good Christian to begin with. That's awful rude, but brother, it's time that the gospel, let us take, take off the kid gloves and tell the truth. Christ is here. He's raised from the dead. He's present. That's the reason we do the way that we do. Come on now. That's right. Raise up. If mama says, sit down, say, mama, you go with me. If husband says you can't go or I'll leave you, say goodbye. Come on, we're going. That's right. That's the way to do it. Walk right up here and give your personal testimony. Come down out of the balcony. You that's been backslid, you that's done wrong and want to make it right with God. These are coming for testimony, for healing. We're going to have a little revival started here as soon as you get to your feet and do something about it. And now here's the main thing that I, I just want to kind of belabor this morning. God is never going to pull you up in there. You're going to walk under your own free will. Now, isn't that a wonderful thing to think about this morning? That, that when you believe God, it's not because somebody beat you into it or forced you or dragged you up to the altar or something. Because you made a choice that you wanted to accept God into your heart. So let's just think about that as we, as we kind of study on verse 4. That by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather around your word this morning, Lord, as we come, Lord Jesus, that people hadn't come, Lord, cause they, this morning because they were forced to come to church because they wanted to hear from you. And Lord, they've come with hungry hearts this morning. We just ask that you'll bless them, Lord Jesus, as, as we study these things out and dive into your word, Lord God. And help us, Lord, that our hearts will be in the right place, Lord God, for the word that you've got in store for us today. Bless Brother Wade as he's studying, Lord Jesus. And bless all the people, Lord God, that have gathered here today, that you'll feed them, Lord, we ask in your name. Amen. 
Now you think about that. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And Abel made a choice that he was going to obey the revelation of God that he had heard. Uh, you, uh, this whole story from Adam and Eve is, is about choice. That Eve had a choice to go this way or that way. And Adam had a choice to go this way or that way. And I think really that, that, that to, to know that should kind of give us liberty this morning. To think about now, God, the greatest example of a parent. I think about this. A greatest example of a parent. Step back. And let his kids make a choice. <laughs> oh, it, you gotta, you gotta. It, oh, you think how it just messes everything up. It messes everything up if, like, a minister puts somebody in a headlock and says, "You're going to be a Christian." It messes everything up if a parent just grabs their kid and says, "You're going to do what I tell you. You're going to be a. You can't. You can't be a Christian that way. You can't. You can't be a good. You can't even be a good citizen that way." If you're just made to do things, you know, I was, I was thinking, uh, um, you know, uh, as, as my kids leave and go, go their different way, it, it just would mess everything up. If I just grabbed them by the nape of their neck and said, you're going to come to this church. You see, it, they got to make their own choice. They got to make their own way. And, and God, you think about God, the greatest example of a parent pulled himself back and said, there, I'm going to watch and see what they do. And now, you, you, I, the reason I say it should give us liberty this morning is like a lot of times, you know, parents, they'll, you, you'll feel guilty about the way things turned out and stuff. But, you know, if that was a pretty bad situation that happened in the Garden of Eden and you can't get a better parent than God. Sometimes you do the very best you can. And because everybody has to make their own choice, sometimes your kids will make a choice that, that you didn't really want them to make. But you see, it's not necessary. Sometimes we make mistakes and things. But you know, when you've done the very best you can, you can, you, you can, and they just they they're gonna they're gonna make their own choice because they have a soul. Right. They have a soul, and and they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And you pray for them, and and you you trust that God will bring them back around. But ultimately, I, I'm trying to let's be be freed of your guilt. Yeah, I, I've heard so many sermons, you know, coming up and, and things about people say, well, it's your fault the way that your kids turned out. How about have a little bit of liberty and trust that even if you made a mistake, that God will bring them back around. How, how about have a little bit of liberty and just trust that even when you've done the best you can, that sometimes, sometimes they, they're going to, because they have their own soul, they're going to do, they're going to go their own path in life. And it's maybe not your fault. Sometimes this stuff happens. I, I, I see. I believe the gospel is an encouraging gospel. I believe the gospel is a gospel to lift you up. Look at this situation and gain gain encouragement from it. The situation of this this story that you can look at in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had a choice, and they had their own their ability to go this way or that way. Cain and Abel had a choice. They had an, the ability to, uh, with the, the same, uh, Cain and Abel had heard the same gospel, the same stories, and they both had the same opportunity to accept or reject. And the serpent seed, Brother Bram said, but by spiritual revelation, Abel knew it was blood. So he brought a lamb, hacked its throat, and it died, and God said, that's right, that's what done it. It was blood. And you know what blood I'm talking about. All right. It was blood that did it. Now watch. Now, all you think, Abel coming up realizing that he was in a, he was in a situation 
And he needed a redeemer. He needed something to take. He needed something to die for him. If we could all realize, if we could realize that we need a savior, that we were, like David said, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive. Uh, we could realize that, that our, our soul was, we were born carnal. Our spirit was carnal. Our flesh was carnal. Everything about us was carnal. Our thoughts are carnal. Our whole makeup is perverted by our natural birth. And we needed something. What we needed was a redeemer to come and die for us and give his own blood, his life, so that that life could come and tabernacle back in our lives and burn out all the carnality with the Holy Ghost and fire. And see, that's what Christ came to die on the cross for us, to pay the price for everything that the serpent did and get rid of it and overcome it. Oh, you see, when you're born again, that's what that process starts, that God is slowly overcoming your life, claiming you and taking you over and burning out every bit of carnality in your life. So you think different, you walk different, you act different. Like in Ephesians 2, 3, it says, among whom we all, all had in our conversation in time past in the lust of flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. By nature, by, by your natural birth, you it, it, just everything was, was messed up. And that's why John, in John chapter 3, he said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And, and I want to continue to belabor that point, that we believe whosoever, whoever wants to, has an opportunity. Not as some say. Uh, you know that that there's only a certain group of people that even has the opportunity no everybody's got the opportunity as we'll see we'll we'll dive into what god told cain there why don't you do like your brother sin lies at the door and you gotta have you gotta if you got a rule over it i ought to think this morning that you have an opportunity through what christ did for you to rule over sin to rule over sin in your life that you don't have to continue being subject to pornography, to Instagram addictions, to uh, all the stuff that you see on the Internet, that, to smoking and alcohol and, and uh, uh, addicted to the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, addicted to your carnality, that you can overcome those things by just believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what he died on the cross for. And the invisible union of the bride of Christ, he said, Brother Brown said, life is a sacred thing to God and it's recorded in a book. God is the author of life. Do you believe that? Our natural life here we have is just to perversion because it started in the Garden of Eden. It all got perverted. It really should be the right life to begin with, but it's perverted by the natural birth. Oh, you say, well, not me. I, I come straight from Adam. No, it's, it's perverted. It, it was perverted by, the, by Eve taking the wrong thought in her mind. Every, everybody, every person that was ever born was born perverted because, every, because Eve's womb was perverted. Every person in the world was perverted and came perverted because the, in, the, in the flesh you got all twisted up with all the lines and everything, all the lineage. It's all perverted. And that's why you need a Savior. Amen. The first life or your first union, you were joined in at birth by nature and natural light. 
a natural human being associated man and woman together, associated together in sexual affair, which brought your first life here. And that's associated with sin and death. How can you miss seeing the serpent seed? And from that time, Brother Bram said, it's a perverted birth. But when the new birth comes in, it corrects that perverted birth and gives it eternal life through the Father, Jesus Christ. Oh, to think about what you think, what, what is the, what does the new birth do? The new birth corrects your life. You can't get along with yourself and God gives you the new birth and, and it begins to change you. That's why we believe in this church that the new birth will change you. You know, you know, all the denominational world says you come to come, come as you are, come to church. We want you to come to church as you are, but you ain't going to stay that way. You're going to be changed because that's what the new birth is for, to correct your carnal nature and change you from the creature that you once were to something new. To be like Jesus Christ. So what did the serpent seed do? As the seed of the woman was literally God reproducing himself in human flesh in the Ephesian church age, Brother Ram said, so the seed of the serpent is the literal way that Satan found he was able to open the door to himself into the human race. It was impossible for Satan, for he is only a created spirit being, to reproduce himself in the manner which God reproduced himself. So the Genesis account tells how he produced his seed and introduced or injected himself into the human race. Also recall that Satan is called the serpent. It is his seed or injection into the human race that we are speaking of. So let me, I just read a, a selection of quotes that I found about what Brother Adam said. How can you believe how can you believe somebody that's born from their, their carnal natural birth? How can you believe when there's nothing there to believe with, what you got? Just a carnal mind through mental conception. You can't do it. To the world, and the next quote, it's carnal mind. It's foolishness. But to them that believe, it's everlasting life. That's why you got to get born again. You got to be born again so you can even believe. What does being born, being born again positions you to believe? Because now you got the believer, the one that wrote the word, living inside of you. And now when you read the word, he's there to interpret the word to you. Now you can believe it. You, you can't even believe until you're born again. You, you're believing with your own faith, trying to get to a place. And, but when God puts his life in you, now you can read the Bible. That's why the Bible, the Bible isn't even for the unbeliever. It maybe will bring you to a knowledge that you need salvation. But when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then you can read the Bible and understand it. A Christian spirit bears record with Christ's spirit, Brother Bram said. See, and you'll call everything of God God's. But if you're carnal-minded, you'll make fun and laugh at the Holy Ghost. The spiritual man has a spiritual soul that can never die. And the carnal man has a religious atmosphere around him and wants to worship and so forth. But it's carnal. Not an unbeliever, but a carnal believer. And it's the kind was rejected. He said, you don't know what pleasure is. Till you really get those carnal roots out of your heart and get God in there where you can fellowship and worship God and rejoice and sing in the spirit and wash his feet like a real lady or gentleman house under control and your children all obedient. Satan, what does Satan's injection do? Injected carnality. What does the life of God do? It, it overcomes all that carnality. It uproots it. It gets it out of you. 
That's why he said in the blushing prophet, he said, bring us back to God, not with an injection of education, not with an injection of religious reformation, not in the injection of some kind of man-made theology, but an old-fashioned baptism of the Holy Ghost sent down from God out of heaven and a Pentecostal experience of burning out the carnality and replacing in there the jewel that's calling there of a son and daughter of God. Till we do that, brothers and sisters, we will still have bobbed hair, makeup on, sexy-looking women and men drinking, smoking, and calling themselves Christians because they don't know no better. And in their heart, that very root of carnality lays there. Now, I got this picture of the fire of the Holy Ghost in a, in a new believer's heart, burning, burning out that carnality. What's this got to do with the story of Abel? Because when Abel come with his faith, bringing that blood offering, his faith was accepted by God. How was it accepted? And we're going to, if, if we're, we're kind of running out of time here, so I just want to, I just want to lay this out. It was accepted by fire that God came down and consumed that sacrifice, just like he consumed so many other sacrifices when they were offered Moses sacrifice and Gideon sacrifice and Solomon sacrifice at the temple. And brother Bram said he accepted Abel's sacrifice by consuming it. He came down with fire and that's how he'll accept your sacrifice, your sacrifice where you lay down all the, all your carnality and say, I don't, I don't want it anymore. I don't want my old life anymore. I want to die to myself. And you come and lay yourself on the altar of self-sacrifice and lay yourself down and God will accept that sacrifice and fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire to burn out every bit of carnality in your life. (sighs) Brother Ram said in ministry explained, he said, what is sin? What is sin? Not drinking, not smoking, not gambling, not rejecting church. Sin is unbelief. Is that right? He that believeth not is condemned already. See, you're not, you do not, you're not destroyed or separated from God because you're a sinner. You're separated to God from God because you refuse to walk with him, to walk in his provided way. You got death and life before you. Just like Adam and Eve, every man's a free moral agent. And sitting here this morning, you've got a choice. You got to, whatever condition your life is, if you're a sinner needing a savior, if you're if you're been born again and you're needing the capstone, if you're at the capstone and you're needing that body change, you got a choice. You're sitting there. You had a choice this morning whether or not to come to church. You might have been laying there and in, in your pains and your aches and stuff, but you made a choice to come. Whether or not you like the preachers or not, whether or not you like the choice, the, the church, you had a choice whether or not to get up and come. And and, and, and you see, that's the, what Brother Brown is explaining here. Everybody is a free moral agent that you have a choice whether to accept or reject. Just like Adam and Eve, every man, that means Cain had a choice. Everybody that had a little bit of Cain's DNA has a choice. Because listen, listen, it's not the flesh that determines whether or not you can make a choice or not. It's whether or not you got a soul. And I, I wanted to belabor that point this morning that Cain had a soul. Even though in his flesh he was, he, you know, he had come from maybe that weird lineage and everything. And had all, something, something, just to be carnal a little bit. Something looked like one come from one of them talk shows, you know, where they're like, let's now let's bring out the real father, you know, in that messed up situation. But yeah, he had a choice. 
because he had a soul. And every man, woman, and child in this building this morning has a, has a yeah, I, 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 I see you laughing. I'll give you something to laugh at this morning. But it's, you've, got a, you've got a choice because you have a soul. The soul is what allows you to make a choice. And the tree of life and tree of death is before us all. You can take either one you wish to. It depends on what tree you eat off of is what you are. That's right. And God, as God created you a free moral agent to do whatever you want to do about it. He can't make you love him and he don't force you to love him. He can't make you love him. Oh, you see, that's why sometimes ministry we're preaching. When we preach, we're really preaching from our experience. I, I never gave my heart to the Lord because somebody forced me into it. I gave my heart to the Lord because one day I heard God calling me. And it wasn't like a, a audible voice, but I felt that tug in my heart. Uh, you see, it's not, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, I'll just keep reading. And the unity of one God and the one church. Brother Ram said, did you think that in this Russia they have got a false Pentecost? They are. That's the work of the devil. They're trying to force all men into communism where every man has everything commonly. Do you know that? See what the problem with communism was? The problem with Augustine was he was trying to force somebody to believe it. But you can't be forced into doing it. They're trying to force all men into communism where every man has everything commonly. Do you know that was the condition of the church under the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, that the people sold their possessions and laid them at the feet of the disciples, and they distributed them to every man as they had need. And now the devil's come around and got into the world and made a political power to force man to do that. God does not force man to do anything. You do it on your own free will. That's what that, when Brother Brown was witnessing to that, that man with, with the, the apple tree, the infidel, and, and he was, he was, he, the, the, he threw that back in Brother Brown's face. He said, y'all, y'all are constantly trying to pull for money, trying to get people. But Brother Brown said, but that we do live off people's free will offering, but we're not forcing them to do that. You, you see what it would be a mess up if you, if you were just forcing people to give money or forcing people to do. But we're not forced to do anything. We come of our own free will. We do of our own free will because we've heard of, from God. And the God of this evil age, Brother Abraham said, the outside man is a physical being which is controlled by six senses or five senses. Rather, the inside man is a spirit man which is controlled by five senses, conscience and love and so forth. The outside man see, taste, feel, smell, smell, and hear. But the inside of that spirit is a soul. And it's controlled by one thing, your free will. You can accept what the devil says or accept what God says. And that will determine what spirit is in there. If it's the spirit of God, it will feed on the things of God and it won't feed on anything of the world. Jesus said, if you love the world or the things of the world, it's because the love of God has not even entered this inner part. Satan has deceived you. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. <clears throat> and Brother Adam said, in the unity of one God, and I'll, I've just got two slides and then we'll stop there. He said, there's so many people today who says that the Holy Spirit is not real today. While tens of thousands of them and millions are saying it's not so, there's that many enjoying the blessings of it. 
And we'll just skip down to the end. It says, he fills you with power. He fills you with the spirit. He fills you with his own divine nature. And he changes your carnal nature into his nature. Then in this, you become a new creature in Christ. And that's why Abel brought a lamb. Because he knew he needed a way back. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead yet speaketh. Brother Brown said, Here come a little old Abel pulling that lamb with a spiritual revelation that he knew that it wasn't fruit that brought them out of the Garden of Eden. He knowed it was blood. And life don't lay in plants, it lay in blood. That's why. What did he have a revelation of? Life. He knew he was dead. He was dying and he needed life. Here he come with a little string wrapped around or grapevine wrapped around that little lamb, throwed him up there and said, this is it, Lord. Now that's what faith is. Faith is a revelation personally to you. And we'll stop on, the, stop on this thought. Oh, I was thinking this morning of all the times that people have told me that I was, my doctrine was wrong and the things that I believe was wrong. Now, look, look back in your own. I'm not trying to just make a flippant statement, but people will tell you that you're believing wrong or whatever. But faith, when you can tie it back into every type in the Bible and run through the Bible and know that God has given you a spiritual revelation, that's something that you can hang on to. And Brother Bram said faith is the will of God. And when God gives you a revelation, you have the will of God. And that is something that you can stand on with a surety knowing that you know what direction you should go. That you know what you should do. You know the God that you serve and what church you should go to and where you should work and what the will of God and purpose for God is in your life. And that is faith. And we'll stop there. God bless you.